0: Hi, this is Gina G and you're listening to Sound Museum.
1: Hey, this is Leo and a big welcome back. To the Sound Museum, the music podcast that explores that personal connection we all have with the music that we listen to. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and your feedback and love for last week's episode, Countdown to Your Vision. I can't wait for the competition and it's coming up next week. And to get us in the mood, we're heading back to 1996 when Aussie Girl came eighth place in the competition, but that single was a worldwide hit. Of course, I'm talking about Gina G. But before we get into this week's episode, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider. That way you won't miss any future episodes. And if you use Apple Music, make sure you leave me a lovely review. And on Spotify, you can also leave a star rating as well. That really helps the podcast out. So if you can do that, that would be amazing. So for this podcast episode, we go back to May 2011, where my former co-host Jono and I had a chat with the lovely Jenna G about her career, about that defining single, Ooh Ah, just a little bit, and everything that happened after that, including her comeback track, Next to You, in 2011. So let's get started. Here is our interview with the lovely Jenna G. Gina, welcome to the Sound Museum and a big welcome back to Australia.
0: Thank you. Oh, it's great to be back. I yeah. love it here. I miss it. It's my home.
1: Let's go right back to the beginning. What first attracted you to the music industry?
0: I was a DJ cool. at 16. I left school at 15. Yeah, I didn't get my college degree. No, I didn't. But I I, I learnt uh, everything I needed to know by travelling the world. That was my education. <laughs> uh and I started DJing at clubs at 16. I wasn't even allowed in them. It was illegal. And just kept working on music on behind the scenes. I started to write songs. I started to work with producers. It was really hard going in the beginning. But my first little success was Bass Culture in 1993. I don't know if anyone remembers this song called Love the Life. It was a, a great success for me because it was chosen by a Coke ad played all through one summer and actually made some money money money, money. <laughs> I actually did make some money I was like "Ooh!" with that money I and it was also on the radio a lot but it wasn't the hit that I needed so I took off to England
2: That's right. In 1994, you moved to the UK with, with Demo in hand and started chopping around for a record deal. You eventually signed with Warner. What were your first thoughts when they suggested you enter Eurovision?
0: Uh, I said, what's Eurovision? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Um, I said, well, they sort of talked me into it and I ended up saying, look, whatever is going to launch this record, I believe it would have been a hit regardless. I mean, it was in a, a hit in America mm-hmm. and they don't even know what Eurovision is, so... I don't regret doing it at all. It was a fantastic launching pad. The exposure through Europe was phenomenal. So it, I, maybe, it, it maybe would not have reached the level of hits worldwide. Global proportions. Global proportions. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for giving me the words. Who knows? But I'm, I, I, I'm glad I did it.
1: So UGA uh, was a huge hit all over the world. Number one in the UK, number 12 in the States, and number six here in Australia. My goodness. Was it all champagne and limousines?
0: For a while. For a while, yeah. Yeah, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. The music industry has totally changed. So labels don't spend that kind of money. Um, They might do on Lady Gaga. Mm. Um, Yeah, it was. I mean, I was staying in the best hotels. I had makeup artists traveling with me. It was entourage of dancers and money, 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 money. Um, You don't need to do that these days because you can't do all the promotion that you could. you had to do back then because of digital. Mm-hmm. So it's digital downloading and, and online uh, promotion. So.
2: It's also a Grammy nomination for Best Dance Recording. Did the sudden success in the US and other countries take you by surprise?
0: day I got the call that it was Grammy nominated, I think I passed out uh, on my dad's front lawn. I mean, I really did. I was like so shocked. And it's a big deal, eh? It's a huge, it's huge deal. deal. But guess what? I was late to <laughs> the Grammys because <laughs> I was doing a Channel 9 interview for Australia in the lobby. My manager at the time, Terry Blamey, Kylie's manager, was like, yeah, you got time, you got time. I was like, you sure, Terry? Yeah, yeah. But he, he, he's like did not estimate the traffic situation in New York. I raced in there and I just got in my seat to hear that Donna Summer had won. <laughs> I was like, Fucker. Oh. Yeah.
2: We've talked about the very beginning of your career. Let's move on a little bit because you began working on a second album after the success of Fresh. However, industry politics took over and things didn't work out for a while. How do you reflect on this period of time?
0: Hmm. This was a, a down time for me. I don't want to be negative, but uh, I signed a bad contract. I was licensed to Warner, mm-hmm. so it wasn't their fault. It, they had nothing to do with it. They had no control. Um, I signed to a producer who was not the most um, honest person in the world mm-hmm. let's just let's just yeah. say that and I wasn't paid I wasn't paid for, for the first album and he, I said well if you pay me I'll do the second album and even if you don't pay me I'll do the second album
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he
0: said I'm not paying you and I'm not doing a second album he took off with all the money so that was it and Warner's had their hands tied and I had to go to court to be released of that
1: mm-hmm. contract
0: before I could then go and sign with another label
1: so to this day, you received nothing from that fresh period at all.
0: Not the recording side, no. I wrote oh, songs, generally. so it sits separated. You got recording, you got publishing. Because yeah. thank goodness I wrote songs, because I got my publishing, which kept me through and was you know, kept me alive.
1: Because what people don't know is that all the singles that were released, you co-wrote. Yes, which was a very smart on your move on your part.
0: Yeah, I think the producer wasn't very happy about that because he wanted all his songs. <laughs> <laughs> and what
1: people don't know is that you also um, co-wrote U-R", but that went credited for it. Is that right?
0: That's exactly right. I did that. If you would have heard that the original demo of that song, I found it in a the bottom of a basement in a box uh, on cassette. It sounded horrendous, but there was something about it. There was the ooh bit. The rest, I had to completely rewrite. And it took a while. I worked with a lot of different producers before I got to Motivate. You're the reason
3: why, I belong to you.
2: Having gone through the best and the worst of the music industry. What's your take on the current music scene? And what would you say to anyone wanting a slice of pop star life?
0: It's hard. It's really hard to write a great pop song. People think it's easy. It's really difficult because all the elements have to be there. And I am so thrilled about what's happening right now. If someone now wants to be a pop artist, now is the time. And I think that the time I took away from it was good because it wasn't the right time for me. Songs that I wrote eight years ago are relevant now. Even the sounds we were doing, mm-hmm. we were kind of a bit of ahead of our time. I mean, I've got songs in my cupboard that could be released right now because of the the way we were going. And um, have I answered that question properly? Probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you
3: have.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a great time for pop music, and if you can come up with enough, if you can tick all the boxes, have a listen to a lot of music out there, but make it your own. Make it your own unique style, and that's really really important.
1: Obviously, unlike back then, but these days it's all. American Idol, X Factor. Have you ever thought of being a mentor or judge on one of these shows? Have you ever been? Oh yes. Approached or approach me, please. Thought I would
0: love it. to do that. Because
1: being a mentor for for new people would be amazing. If you've, you've had so much success, and you've had you've been through all those difficult times as well. You can guide them on like contracts and what to do and stuff. So it's a really good thing to do is be a mentor for someone.
0: I would love to be yeah. a mentor. I really would. Um, I would love to be on – there's a new show called The Voice.
1: Yes. If I can get UK? to that
0: level. I mean, it's Christian Aguilera, hello, mm. and um, CeeLo and Maroon 5 guy. What's the this gorgeous one? There's room for, this room for yes. Gina G. Yeah. <laughs> <surely>. <laughs> I would, that show has is, is got me even more than American Idol. It's so exciting. Really? Yeah, yeah. And they mentor right – they really, really, you know, spend a lot of time with them mentoring.
2: Is today's pop star life more about the music, the fashion, the attitude, or a combination of all three?
0: There's a fourth one, choreography and dance. I mean, it's so important to be able to dance now and mm-hmm. move. And like, it's just, you have to have the whole package. There's no, if one's lacking, it won't work. It just doesn't work. It'll work to a certain level, but it won't. It's the expectations are so high now, except for on the vocals, because you can melodyne the, you
2: know. <laughs> auto-tune.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah, sorry. Oh, auto-tune mm-hmm. the, Um, I can't say the word crap, can I? You can
2: send (laughs) the the (laughs) crap
0: out of it. Sorry. Yeah, that's what... uh, Everyone's listening to perfection now. There's no room for error. There's no room for uh, an out-of-tune note, which kind of strips the performance out of it and the, the emotion out of songs now.
2: Let's go back to you and your career for a minute. You spent the early 2000s writing and working behind the scenes, and in 2003 you did the reality show Reborn in the USA. Was, it, was this saying to everyone, Gina G is still here and I'm still working?
0: That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. It didn't quite work out that way. Um, that wasn't the right show for me. We all make mistakes and it didn't work out for me at all. Out of all my career faux pas, that's the
1: one. Put it down to experience.
0: Yeah,
2: it was fun though.
1: Now in 2006, you released Tonight's the Night. This time was in full control. You put out yourself. That must have been quite gratifying after that first experience
0: it was gratifying and unbelievably nerve-wracking mm. because i had to fund it myself i wanted to fund it myself and it was just before digital came in for for real so there was still physical sides. there was so much work involved and i, I needed a, a, a much bigger team than i had most of the money went into the video and i don't know if you've seen the video <laughs> It's like I wanted to do something a little bit different than just the club, everyone dancing in the club. And, you know, that's what you would expect to see for that song. But I am so proud of that video because it's got some great exposure on YouTube. People just absolutely love it. So the song wasn't as big as I wanted it to be because. Um, as I said It was a more clubby vibe And the remixes Motto Blanco Remixes And that It did fantastic In the clubs I mean the DJs Really support It was like Number one On the pop tip chart In UK For weeks and weeks But um, the f- Something sort of Went away With the physical sales The video I love.
1: Jenna, you are married with two kids and you live in LA. What attracts you to life in America as opposed to life back home in Australia or the UK?
0: Well, a combination of things. I love LA. I have been writing there for many years. I always wanted to live there because of the weather, the music. And one other thing, uh, my husband's a a writer, great place to raise a family. And also, I started writing, and I've written a screenplay.
1: Really? What's Mm -hmm.
0: it about? Can you tell us exclusive? I can't really tell you because if I tell you in one line what it is, it gives it away, the whole thing. I mean, it's... Based slightly on uh, something I heard, just a snippet of something, and I turned it, I'm, I made up the rest. So it was Watch like the space. That, yeah, watch mm. the space because I'm working with a writer right now um, who is just about to uh, launch her TV show on HBO. So she's, and she's loving to say, like, you're going to sell this. Wow, is yeah. it good
1: vibes for it? Good. It's really
0: good vibes for it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm so, if it sells, I'm going to call you up and tell you the title, and you're just going to go, oh, oh I know what it's about.
2: <laughs> oh, so. You've just released a new single called Next To You. Is this the return of Gina G, or did she never go away?
0: Well, I never really went away, but the the time between songs was vast. I, uh, I started a family quite a few years ago, about seven mm-hmm. years ago. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old now.
2: So you've returned to the pop
1: sound with this new... I have.
0: It's pop-tastic.
1: I first heard it and I thought, she's back. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I loved it straight away. Oh, fantastic. Is this going to be the start of a new project or just like a one-off single?
0: Oh, it's definitely not a one-off. I actually was on my way to Australia to do a writing trip for all the follow-ups of this single. And uh, now we've been swamped with press tv um it's just gone nuts and i'm still doing the writing sessions and I've, i'm doing three tracks while i'm here so we are bang 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 with follow-ups
1: so what kind of sound are you wishing to go for with this new album
0: synth driven radio friendly versions and with some killer club remixes slamming mixes
2: just give us a bit of an idea um how the next year single came about who's behind it who wrote it and why is that the song you've recorded
0: well, there was a demo of this song that we wrote a while ago um, with a guy, um, I co-wrote it with a guy called Billy Pace who actually, he's, he's worked with a lot of people but his biggest hit was Celine Dion. I know it's really bizarre that it's a, it's an eclectic mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of mix of writers. Uh, Johnny X, my longtime co-writer who co-wrote half the album, the first album of the Fresh album with me, and Dwayne Morrison, uh, producer of Don't Call Me Baby, and a mixture of, of all of us, came up with this. When I get to
3: be next to you, yeah, get to me, yes you do. I get to see what's from my eyes all in shape. Whenever I'm next to you, my mind gets what you do. Whatever you think will get me started. When I get to be next to you, yeah, get to me, yes.
2: Now, of course, we couldn't complete this interview with you without a couple of mentions of that one particular song. It's been 15 years since Ooh Ah, Just a Little Bit was released.
0: Do we have to go back that far?
2: I just want to know. It
0: was only a few years
2: ago. (laughs) Is this your signature song or the hit that just won't go away?
0: The hit that just won't go away. And this... uh... Oh, it's both, really. I mean, I, I have, it's my roots. I have to acknowledge that, and I'm proud of it. But I really, I just, I really want to move on. It's it's so hard to start with such a big song, and you're mm-hmm. always trying to meet that level again, and it's so difficult you know, if the fans can really get behind me on this and say that's a time and error, if you release that now, it would sound dated. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it will always be on every party mix of the 90s. And I, but that's the 90s and I've got to move on. And people are saying on the, the response we've had of next year is she's moved on and we love that.
2: Mm. So you must have performed it hundreds of times Million. over the last 15 years. <laughs> I guess you're tire of performing it, but the crowd reaction must still make it worthwhile, surely.
0: Yes, because they, abs- they do all the moves and yep. they sing it all. Every lyric. I don't have to sing. I just hold the mic out to them.
1: Now, finally, to finish off, we've got a few quick fire questions for you. Who ate the chocolate after the first photo shoot? Was it Terry or was it your manager? Was it yourself? Was it no? No <laughs> one would want
0: to, would have wanted to eat that off my body or anywhere. It was disgusting. It was chocolate icing because it was the thickest mm-hmm. product what, what is, you could get. Paint. No, it's not paint. Oh, okay. No, no. It was chocolate icing. icing real icing. Thick. Sickly, sweet yuckiness. Oh, yeah You must Ugh. have
1: that on your body for days. Like in literal.
0: You don't shock. want to know when. Oh I was where trying to get to. that out of <laughs> crevices. You don't want to know.
2: <laughs> Gina, who's your favourite Australian pop star?
0: Well, at the moment, I love Sia because I'm seeing her on The Voice working with Christina Aguilera and she's just amazing. Love her. Love Delta Gudrun. I love Kylie. I love Danny.
2: Or not one change. That's a yes or no question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to her every single day on the way to school and the way home. Yep. My son is addicted to her. He's seven years old and begged me to go to her concert. And I went. Are you kidding? It's X-rated. You're not going. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't have to buy it. I'm just I'm swamped <laughs> with it.
1: So he's only seven. So is he showing signs of maybe going into the industry, or is he, what's his? Little- personality like
0: his personality is song and dance
1: really he
0: is at i'm going back for a school performance by on the 15th of june him and my little girl are up there on stage he is michael jackson really? he is amazing on stage and he's got the think back row you see eyes and you see his he's just he's got it i'm like wow everybody after the show at the school is like dylan 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 Dylan.
2: fantastic like, mommy like sun If you weren't a pop
1: star, what would you be doing? Writing screenplays.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it.
1: Physical CDs or downloads? Downloads. Why?
0: Reaching way more people, a lot easier for people. I love it, love it, love it. I do miss the single cover and the whole artwork because I used to study everything. Mm -hmm. I miss vinyl. Mm -hmm. But, you know, hey, I'm moving with the times.
2: What's the best thing about your gay fan base?
0: The loyalty and the support. It never goes away. I have to say you guys are, my, are life and death to me
1: <laughs> because on your Facebook and Twitter I mean I follow you on Twitter and Facebook and the fans are just so loyal and so they just love you they just adore you you know even fans from, from the UK and parts of Europe and here in Australia it must be really fantastic to get that support
0: even pop justice are being really yeah. really nice to me
1: and when they, they can have be not been in the yeah. past yeah.
0: I've been nearly cried one time when I read something everything's positive, positive, amazing, wow, love it, da-da-da-da-da, wow, I'm so, so thrilled.
2: Gina, thank you so much for chatting with us today, and all the best for the new single, the album, and the screenplay.
0: Thank you, guys, I'm so excited to be here thank you
1: that was so lovely hearing the interview again it's been a long time 2011 that was and back in those days Sound museum was a music radio show on melbourne's joy 94.9 and we had so much fun chatting with gina and you can also check out the photos with gina on our Sound museum socials this week as well Now around that time she was of course promoting her comeback single Next To You and in the chat we did mention that she was performing in Benny's nightclub while that performance was also part of filming the video. And if you go to our YouTube channel you can see that Aussie version of the single for Next To You and look out for some guy in a grey hoodie, that is me dancing up a storm in the video I called in some friends to become some extras as well so my friends Natalie and Owen also make the cut in the music video. So getting back to Ah, just a little bit that finished in eighth place in the 1996 Eurovision Song Contest and as I said in the interview that was a huge hit in the UK and Australia but also it was massive all over Europe it was number one in Scotland and Israel and in the UK number five in Australia Denmark and Norway, number six in Belgium, Finland, and Ireland, and of course, number 12 in the US, where she was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Dance Recording. The follow up single, I Belong to You, again was a huge hit in Europe, number three in Scotland, number four in Belgium, six in the UK, number eight in Israel, number 10 in Iceland, 12 in Denmark, 16 in Ireland, and number 34 here in Australia with the single Fresh, the success continued, number six in the UK and Scotland, number 11 in Belgium, 16 in Israel, and 23 in Australia. So let's check out the fourth single from the album Fresh. This is Tiyamo. I want to be where the
3: sun is
1: track and another big hit across Europe reaching number one in Romania, number eight in Israel, nine in Scotland, 11 in the UK, number 12 in Lithuania and number 14 in Belgium. Now this single from the album Fresh cracked the US top 15. That is giving some love. reaching number seventeen in Scotland, twenty-five in the UK, forty-six in the US, and forty-eight in Canada. The last single to be released from the album *Fresh* was this one.
3: Every time I
1: That was towards the end of the album campaign, only reaching number 52 in the UK. After major success in the 90s, Jenna came back with a bit of a comeback in 2005 with this track, Flashback. flashback from her second album Get Up and Dance which was released back in 2005. The album also contained the single Tonight's the Night which reached number 57 in the UK. Now earlier in the podcast we did play the Aussie version of the comeback single from 2011 Next to You but this is the UK version. When I get to be- UK Wrapper Vigilante. that is the UK version of Next To You and just personally I much prefer the Aussie version. That UK version is available on streaming services, but sadly not the Australian version. A further single was actually planned for 2012 called Set the Night on Fire, but sadly that remains unreleased. And that was the last time we sadly heard from Gina. Unfortunately, Next to You wasn't the comeback that she was hoping for. But we have all the amazing music from the 90s, which you can check out on your favourite streaming service. Sadly, the second album, Get Up and Dance, is not on streaming. But if you look hard enough on YouTube, you can check out the tracks on there. I really hope you enjoyed this week's podcast on Gina G and her Eurovision journey and beyond. Now, make sure you join me for next week's episode because we're going back to 2015 when this song not only won Eurovision, but it was a huge hit all over Europe. We are the heroes of our time. That is, of course, Heroes by the Lovely Mons Zimmerlove. You can check out next week's episode where I have a chat with the man himself. So finally, make sure you follow the podcast on social media. Just search for Museum AU on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Love hearing your feedback. Love hearing your comments. So keep them coming. And it's a great way to connect with me on my socials. Until next time, you have a great week. Take care and I will see you really soon.